As you are seated, look at somebody and tell them, I'm thankful for you today. Glad that you are in church. If this is your first time today, we welcome you to Evangel Christian Center. If you came to be a part of our food basket distribution, we're going to do that at the end of the service. We'll talk to you about that. It's going to be a good day in the Lord. Today we go to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter number 24 is where we're going to be reading together. And as we talk about this important uh, specific topic, I'm going to be sharing with you on it's about time for thankfulness. So let's read the first few verses of Genesis 24. We'll read down to verse number 8. And we're going to be speaking about a man by the name of Abraham. Anybody ever heard of him? Oh, good. That means you've been reading your Bible. So here we go. Verse 1. Abraham was now a very old man. And some in the room are like, hey, this sounds like me. Oh, come on now. Here we go. You can smile a little bit. And the Lord had blessed him in every way. One day, Abraham said to his oldest servant, the man in charge of his household, take an oath by putting your hand under my thigh, swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not allow my son to marry one of these local Canaanite women. Go instead to my homeland, to my relatives, and find a wife there for my son Isaac. The servant asked, but What if I can't find a young woman who's willing to travel so far from home? Should I then take Isaac there to live among your relatives in the land you came from? No, Abraham responded. My Bible has an exclamation point behind the no. Can I tell you something? God doesn't want you going back from the things he set you free from in your past. Amen? Oh, that's a a topic for another day, but let me tell you, don't go back to those things. Let's continue reading. Be careful never to take my son there. For the Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and, and my native land, solemnly promised to give this land to my descendants. He will send his angel ahead of you, and he will see to it that you, your wife, You will find a wife there for my son. Let me tell you, for those of you who are a little bit older, speak the promises of God for the next generation to hear them. They need to hear that God is faithful. Some of us have experienced God's faithfulness very personally. There's others in this room who are just beginning their journey with Jesus, and they need to hear that God can and God will. Praise God. Let's look at verse number nine, eight. It says, if she is unwilling to come back with you, then you're free from this oath, but under no circumstances take, are you to take my son there. Well, today as we begin our time in the word, we are just a few hours, just a few days away from a national holiday. And as we look around and get ready for Thanksgiving, I have to just tell you, this season of the year for me is my favorite. I, I don't know how it is for you. Oh, yesterday we even put the Christmas tree up at our house. Now, it's undecorated because Ashley and Ruth are responsible mostly for that. Praise God, I'm exempted from a lot of that. My job is to get the tree out, to fluff the branches, and to step back and say, there you go, ladies, it's all yours, all right? But it's a great time of year. There are certain things that become a part of our, what we would consider to be Thanksgiving traditions. Isn't that right? Now, at our house, 
One of the traditions that we have is the Thanksgiving service. And we come and we give thanks to the Lord. We praise God for his blessings on Thanksgiving. Now, that may not be a part of what you do all the time, but let me tell you, if you haven't done it in the past, make a Thanksgiving service a part of this Thanksgiving, amen? You'll be blessed. It'll, it'll bless your day. It'll change you. But there's other things that we have. In fact, if you don't get a slice of turkey on Thanksgiving, most of you will feel cheated. A lot of you, if you don't get a slice of pumpkin pie and you don't even like pumpkin pie, you won't feel like it's Thanksgiving Day. If you don't get out to the stores at the first opportunity when they open at 5 o'clock and you're like that lady who used to do the commercial, open, 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 it won't be Thanksgiving for you. And there's a few of you, oh, you're like me. If you don't watch the Cowboys and the Lions play on Thanksgiving, you're not sure exactly what's going on. I don't even like the Lions. I don't, even, I don't even know what their record is, but I will usually tune in and watch some of that game just knowing that the Cowboys' chance of losing is just over the horizon. And I've got to get myself ready just in case. This could be different. I'm hoping it is, but, but nonetheless, yeah, they're just, those, those are some of the traditions of Thanksgiving that, that we think about on an ongoing basis. But I have to admit to you that as, as I think of this season of the year, we have to remember what it's all about. A few years ago, on this Sunday, the Sunday prior to Thanksgiving uh, Day, Pastor Ray was sharing, my dad, this was many years ago, and he spoke a message, he shared with us as a congregation that it's important for us to give thanks and to tell people before they die that we are blessed by them. Hello? Now, some of us, we, oh, we come to a memorial service and we'll stand up and, and say, I just want you to know what a blessing that person was. And we call that a eulogy. But let me say, the better thing that you can do is to tell people right now when they're alive that you're thankful for them and that we rejoice in the good things that God is doing in them and through them. Now, today we read in the book of Genesis chapter 24, and you might say, Pastor, that didn't sound like a Thanksgiving passage. Well, I want us to look at three things today that we're going to glean out of this passage that I think is really going to speak to all of us about having a life of thankfulness. And the first thing that I want to share with you today is it's time to be thankful for God's promises. God's promises. Verses 1, 2, and 3. Go back with me to Scripture. Let's look at those few verses again. It says, Abraham was now a very old man, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. Look at your neighbor say, every way. Abraham was a man who knew God, but he knew the blessings of God because they had been resting on him for a season of time. It then says, one day Abraham said to his Oldest servant, the man in charge of his household, take an oath by putting your hand under my thigh. Swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth. Praise the Lord that you will not allow my son to marry one of these local Canaanite women. Now you look at that and you say, well, pastor, what's, what's so special about that? Well, that section starts off by saying, Noting that Abraham was getting up there in years. He was getting older. But it says also that the Lord had blessed him in every way. You see, earlier when Abraham was younger, like many of, of you and in, in your experiences in life, you came to a knowledge of God. Abraham began to, to know God. God revealed himself. 
And he began to take a journey with God. Many of you are still, were on that journey. But over the years, he had seen the blessings of God that had begun to abound in his life. And friends, I want to tell you something today. You and I cannot outrun the blessings of God when we are men and women of spiritual obedience. Let me tell you, God will track you down. He is so fast, he will catch up with you, and he'll pour blessings over your life. And you'll be saying, how did these good things happen to me? I'd have to say this Sunday morning, most of us, if we're honest, would say, God has been better to me already than I deserve. I mean, God has shown up in my life financially, spiritually. Let's let's make it uh, something a little different. God has given some of you peace that you did not know where it came from. What do we call that? The peace that passes all understanding. Abraham could, could look back over his life and he could see God's financial blessing and the fulfillment of, of some of the promises. In fact, the, the truth that Isaac was even alive was one of the promises God had given him. Can I tell you today, some of you sit at a table with other people and as you look around that table, some of those people represent an answered prayer. They represent the fact that God showed up. Maybe they, God sent you a husband or a wife or he blessed you with a child or he gave you a parent who's a godly parent and, or I mean, he's, he's blessed you with godly friends and you say, you know what? Some of the things that I prayed for, they're sitting right here at the table with me today, right where I am. Abraham could look back and you know, Thanksgiving, here's a danger that we run into at Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is often a time where we're always looking backwards. We're thinking about what God has already done. But I want to tell you this Sunday morning, Thanksgiving is more about what, than what God has done in the past only. It is a time for us to realize that God is not only the God of yesterday, but he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means that we need to choose today to thank God for what he's going to do. And to say, God, I believe that all the good things of my life are not behind me, but they are indeed ahead of me. Now, that doesn't mean there won't be problems in your future. But what it does mean is just how God got you out of the problems of your past. He'll get you out of your problems tomorrow because he is a good God who is better to us than any of us deserve. Oh, give the Lord a praise today. Now, all of us should be looking ahead and believing for our future. But we also, those who have lived life a little bit longer, like Abraham had, need to be preparing and sowing blessings into those who are coming behind. Scripture records that Isaac was about 40 years old, and, and he was needing a wife. His mom had died a few years before this. We don't know exactly the time frame, but we know she was gone. And we know that he was at the season of life when in those days people would get married. These days, oh, it might be in your 20s or 30s. But in those days, apparently it was around 40 years old. And, and there was a desire and there was a longing. And those of you who are a, a person in this room who have maybe children or grandchildren understand that you have a desire and a longing to see them encounter the blessings of God personally. You don't want to be able to just say, well, let me tell you what God did for me. You want to be able to say, let me just, let's celebrate what God is doing in you. Because it's not just enough to, to tell them the stories. We want them to encounter it on a personal basis. 
We have to remember that God has blessed us with future generations. And so our responsibility, friends, is to sow good seeds of thankfulness into those who are coming behind us. Now it says in verses 34 and 35, you can look down a little bit deeper into this passage, and we'll pick up the read there. It says in verse number 34, at the age of 40, and this tells us about how they were, there was problems with these local women. We have to, in fact, you have to skip a little bit far. We're, we're going to verse number 34 of chapter 26 when later on Isaac is already married. He has kids. Can I tell you, sometimes the people you associate with are either going to influence you for good or for evil. And, and, and Abraham looked around and he said, the local group of, of girls have got some issues. Does that sound like some of your mothers and fathers? The local group of talent, the talent pool here is a little, little thin. How do we know that there was a struggle? Because listen to what it says, as I mentioned to you, in Genesis 26, verse 34 and 35. At the age of 40, Esau, next generation, married two Hittite wives, Judith, the daughter of Beri, and Basemoth, the daughter of Elan. But Esau's wives made life miserable for Isaac and Rebekah. And so I say to you that Abraham looked around and he said, this isn't going to work because my son Isaac needs a wife, a woman who will build him up spiritually and nurture the promises that God has that together they can impact their generation. Friends, one of the prayers that all of us should have should be that this generation right now is impacted for Jesus Christ. Uh, it's Father Mike Dickinson who says to us, we have to work on getting younger as a church because naturally we get older. Right? You know, we could hang on to this same group of people and next year the average age of our church would go up by one. What do we have to do? We have to work on continually reaching back to people who are coming behind us. Abraham knew that God had something better for Isaac, and he was believing for bigger blessings to give thanks for. He looked around, and, and he said, this is something that needs to take place. Friends, it is time for us to be thankful for God's promises and work hard to see the promises passed on to the next generation. So the first thing that we think about is we have to be thankful for God's promises. But the next thing I want to talk to you about is being thankful for God's path. So I want everybody to say out loud, promises, and now path. Promises, now we're talking about the path. The oath leads Abraham's trusted servant on a caravan with other servants on a cross-country journey with an uncertain outcome. Go to verse number 9 of Genesis 24. It says, so the servant took an oath by putting his hand under the thigh of his master Abraham. He swore to follow Abraham's instructions. Then he loaded 10 of Abraham's camels with all kinds of expensive gifts. Oh, come on. Does that make anybody smile? Expensive gifts? That sounds like something I might need for Christmas, right? All right. We go on further. From his master. Then he traveled to distant. Say that word distant. going to be important. Aram Neherim, there he went to the town, it tells us, the town where Abraham's brother Nahor had settled. He made the camels kneel beside a well just outside the town. It was evening, and the women were coming out to draw water. 
So I have this mental picture. Mine is kind of, I think, based on the movies. Anybody ever watched, you know, one of those movies where it's staged supposedly in some place like near Damascus or Syria or, or you know, the, the guy who's in charge is named Prince Ali, right, you know? How many of you know that they always have camels, right? And they go on these journeys, and when they go on these journeys, you see a caravan of camels, and they're walking across the sand dunes. Anybody with me? Do you guys not watch TV? Okay. And so as they're walking along across the sand dunes, all of a sudden, they, they give a close-up, and the guy's walking through blistering heat. You can tell that. As he walks along, and, and he has his saber strapped to his hand, and they always have camels. How many of you have noticed that? Always have camels. And so they're walking and their turbans are blowing and, and they, you can look at them and they look weary as they journey. And this was the kind of journey that Abraham's servant went on. It was a long distance affair. It was for hundreds of miles. They were riding camels and they probably were stinky. Right? Have you ever been around somebody who's been outside all day? How you doing? Right? The camels probably had an odour about them. That's if they were French camels, an odour, right, you know? And, and so they, they were going on this journey, and off they go across the sands, and it occurs to me that this uncertain journey is a lot like Thanksgiving, because some of you, even though it's almost Thanksgiving, you have an uncertain future ahead of you. You, you don't really know how your job is going to work out. You don't really know about some of the prayers that you've been praying for family members, friends, or yourself, how that's going to work out. You have a belief that God can. How many of you believe God can? How many of you believe that God will? But we sometimes struggle to put those two pieces. I know God can. I know God wants to. But how is it going to work for me? And this is the journey this man was on. What do you do during times of uncertainty? Pray, right? You pray and you ask God for help. So we go to verse number 12 and we see that this man prays. Listen to his prayer, Abraham's servant. Oh Lord, God of my master Abraham, he prayed, please give me success today. Anybody prayed that prayer? God, I need some help. And show unfailing love to my master Abraham. See, I am standing here beside the spring and the young women of the town are coming out to draw water. It's probably evening, history tells us. This is my request. I will ask one of them, please give me a drink from your jug. If she says, yes, have a drink, and we'll, I will water your camels for you too, let her be the one you have selected as Isaac's wife. This is how I will know that you have shown unfailing love to my master. How many of you would say that's a specific prayer? Okay, God, here I am. We're here by the watering trough. God, we need some help. Now, you know the girls, all the eligible girls are gonna be coming by. And so, God, when I ask one of them, would you, would you give me a drink? If it's the right girl, God, help her to say, oh, sure, I'll give you a drink, but this is where it gets a little weird. And, and also, God, let her say, water all my camels. Now, they tell us that those camels drink, on average, 40 gallons apiece. How many of you think how many girls are going to volunteer for that? Sure, I'll give you a drink, but you're on your own with those dumb camels. I'm not, no way I'm going to be watering your camels. 
unless maybe one of the girls had a fight with her mom and she didn't want to go home right away. Right? Sure, I'll water, and I'll get a gold star because mom is at the well and there's this poor guy out there, all these people, and maybe I'll water. Well, we don't know all the, the details. And so this is the prayer. God wants to send you on a direct path. He wants to direct your steps. How many of you believe God wants to direct you as an individual? Now, I'm not talking about, oh, God will direct the church. Yes. How many of you all believe God wants to direct your steps? Do you know that directing your steps means that sometimes God opens a door and sometimes God closes a door? And when God opens a door, then we have to have the courage to step through. When God closes the door, sometimes we get frustrated. Have you ever been frustrated by a closed door? God, I was going that way. I was planning on it. I sent out invitations, God. Now what? You see, God wants to direct your path. And, and often, we do things to work it. Kind of reminds me of a story of a guy who worked in a men's clothing store. His boss went to lunch. His boss came back, and the guy was standing behind the counter, and his hand was all bandaged up. And he said, what happened to you? He said, well, you remember that suit, that really ugly, double-breasted suit, the one that had the pink and the light blue checks? He said, yes. How could you forget that? He said, I sold it. He said, you're kidding. While I was gone to lunch, he said, yes, I sold it. He said, well, what happened to your hand? He said, well, the guy's seeing eye dog bit me when I sold it to him. And Right? How many of you know the guy's finesse in this situation? But the dog saw. That's an ugly suit. Come on now. You see, a lot of times in life, we're going along and we're trying to, 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 to just, God, I think I, you know, I I almost got this door open. If you could just give me a little hand here. And God's on the other side pushing it closed, holding it closed. So we have to be careful. We have to understand that God directs our paths. Often we need guidance from God and direction from the Lord. So we see all of a sudden something begins to happen in this situation. Go to verse 17 and let's begin to, to read a little bit there in that passage. It says in verse number 17, running over to her, the servant said, Please give me a drink of water from your jug. Yes, my Lord, she answered. Have a drink. And she quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and gave him a drink. When she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they have had enough to drink. How many of you think that the guy's eyes opened up? All right. So she quickly emptied her jug into the watering trough and ran back to the well to draw water for all his camels. The servant watched her in silence. How many of you think he was like this? Right? He watched her in silence, wondering whether or not the Lord had given him success in his mission. Now here's this, I caught this, I thought this was interesting. How many of you look at something like that and you say, it's not fair, God answered his prayer right away. Do you ever get mad when other people say, I prayed about it and it happened all of a sudden. I just, God sent an answer and you're like, I hate you. No, you don't verbalize that. You say things like, praise the Lord. But in your mind, you're thinking, I hate you. Why? Because you're like, God never answers my prayers right away. I pray, 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 all of that. And what is God doing for me? 
And, and you look at a passage like this and it almost makes you mad because it says earlier in verse 15, before he had finished praying. Now that's really not fair. He's still praying and all of a sudden the girl's like, hi, how are you doing? I'm doing good, amen. And could I give you some water? Yes, you could, right? But here's what I want you to, to understand. This guy had been on a journey. How many of you get in your car when you're driving and it's like our car, as soon as we leave town, Ruth does this. And I'm on a journey all alone, you know? Sometimes you turn up the radio. Sometimes you roll down the window. Sometimes slapping, you ever slapped yourself? <laughs> anyway, he's on a journey. And he's the leader. He's out there walking. They're, they're, get the picture. The camels, the other guys, all the stuff. They're carrying a lot of stuff with them. And as they're walking along, they had plenty of time to think. They'd probably, what else were they probably doing? Praying. Praying on the journey. Now, God, you know we're on this journey. God, we really need your help. God, you know Isaac. That's a good young man. God, he needs a good wife. God, you know the problems that, that Abraham sees with the, the local Canaanite women? God, I don't really understand it. Not all of them are that ugly. I think there's got to be at least one of them that would work out. But God, we're on this journey. And so we're walking along. And, and God, if you could, could you just help, help us out? Give us a, an opportunity. Lord, we need some help in this situation. The reality is, friends, even though it seemed like an instant answer, in a lot of ways, there had been a long journey preparing for that answer. Preparing for that open door, that season. Verse 21 says, the servant watched her in silence. This is what gets me. He prayed this specific prayer, didn't he? How many say specific? Next statement. Wondering whether or not the Lord had given him success in his mission. I prayed for her. I prayed for the girl to come out and offer me a drink. Yeah, that happened. And I asked it, they, they water all the camels. That's going to take her a long time. But she offered to do that. Could God have given me success? How many times has God started giving you success and you just think, I don't, is, it, is it really God? Now, I know, God, you checked all the boxes, dotted all the I's, crossed all the T's. Let me tell you, be thankful for the path, God's path. Let's look at one last thought. It's time for us to be thankful for God's provision. Right, for his provisions. We don't have time to read all this passage. It's almost 70 verses long. But we know that Rebecca's brother, his name is Laban. Laban comes into other portions of scripture later on. He invites Abraham's servant to the home, to the family home. So Abraham's servant goes. He, Abraham's servant shares the story. He says, you know, my master's gone far away. He's made a lot of money. He's very wealthy. He has a son in his old age. His son needs a wife. I came on this journey. I prayed the prayer, and out came Rebecca. And it says in verses 56 through 58, I'm sorry, verses 50 through 51. Let's read that first. Then Laban and Bethuel, which was her dad, replied, the Lord has obviously brought you here, so there is nothing we can say. Here's Rebecca. Take her and go. Yes, let her be the wife of your master's son as the Lord had directed. Now, what does this say? It shows that God touched some people's hearts who we didn't even know existed before. I don't even know if the, if the servant knew about this guy Laban. Maybe he knew of Bethuel because he'd heard about it from Abraham. We don't know. But can I tell you, God has a way of providing provision from people you don't even expect. 
They had an open heart to this situation. There was an awareness. Well, by the next morning, Abraham's servant is ready to leave. He wants to go home. It's time to, to finish the mission, to complete the journey. But Rebecca's mother and her brother, oh, it sounds like today, said, not yet. Let her stay a few more. Have you ever been on vacation and tried to leave? And people, don't go yet. Well, God has me on a mission. I, I've got to get back home. Oh, we'd hate to see. We haven't even packed her camel trunk yet. Right? We've got to get, you know, her entourage, because she goes with an entourage. They haven't even gotten ready yet. Couldn't you stay a few more days? You know, we're going to make empanadas tonight. It'd be a great night to stay. Right? Do they have empanadas in Syria? I don't know. It says in verse 56 and 58, we get there, but he said, don't delay me. The Lord has made my mission successful. Now send me back so I can return to my master. Well, they said, we'll call Rebecca and ask what she thinks. So they called Rebecca. Are you willing to go with this man, they asked. And she replied, yes, I'll go. Now I don't even think that's a surprise. It is to me. Nowadays, the Rebecca's of today would say, do you have a picture of this guy on your cell phone? <laughs> ah, I, what does he look like? Oh, he's a, a great guy. Great guy, ooh, I don't know, great guy. That sounds a little, right? So she, they, they ask her, now. she says, yes, I'll go. Now maybe there's another reason, because it does say they did bring her a lot of expensive presents, right? <laughs> yes, I'll go. I mean, let's be real, you know. My master Abraham is very wealthy, and is Isaac like the heir? Yes, he is. Does he have any credit cards? Yes, he does. <laughs> let's go. I don't know what the reasoning was. But she has a willing heart. She says, I'll go. But again, it really does speak to this truth. God was working in this young woman's life, wasn't he? There was a desire. There was a desire to, to make the change. Here's a component, and I'm going to end with this that we haven't even talked about. You know this entire account is about Isaac needing a wife. Now we've talked about Abraham and we've, we've talked about the servant, we've talked about the camels, we've talked about Rebecca, we've talked about Laban, we've talked about Bethuel, we've talked about all these people, but what about Isaac? I mean, I have to think that people have always been people, haven't they? How many of you guys would feel good when your dad said, you know, I'm gonna send my oldest servant to find you a wife? Your oldest servant? Yes, trusted, well trusted. I'm going to send him. Dad, yeah, do, do you think that he knows what I'm really looking for in a, in a wife? Right? He'll do a great job, son. Oh, man. How many of you just know what Isaac is thinking? Oh, I know it's going to come back. We're going to meet this girl. And he's going to say, she has a wonderful personality. How many of you know code word ugly? Right? And then he's going to soften it a little bit and say, but she's a good cook. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Right? Here we go. Let's go back to the read. Verse number 64. It's after the journey back. So when Rebecca looked up and saw Isaac, she quickly dismounted from her camel. Who's that man walking through the fields to meet us, she asked the servant. And he replied, it's my master. The guy with the credit cards? No, I don't know. 
So Rebecca covered her face with her veil. That was what the tradition was. Then the servant told Isaac everything he had done. We went on the journey. We got there. We were at the water. She came out. I prayed this. All these things happened. They sent us back. Verse 67. And Isaac brought Rebekah into his mother's, Sarah's tent, and she became his wife. Now here it gets good. He loved her deeply, and she was a special comfort to him after the death of his mother. Now, I could tell you that Rebecca was a beautiful woman because scripture accounts for a little later on that she was very attractive. And we could talk about that and those things, and there is an element of that that is important in a relationship, but there's something deeper that God points us to here. He shows us what Isaac really, really needed. He needed a life companion. A person who would believe the promises of God with him. A person who would come alongside and say, you know, I'm not like all these other girls. I wasn't raised here. But you know, if God speaks to you, Isaac, I have to believe that if God did these things for your dad, he's going to do the same thing for you. Oh, let me tell you, friends, there is power and encouragement in our families. If God did it for you, for your dad, I believe he'll do it for you. I believe he'll do it for us, Isaac. That's the kind of person that Rebecca came alongside. She comforted him. She connected. We know that she becomes a woman of prayer. We don't have time to talk about it right now because we realize for a season she can't have children and her husband prays for her and she gets pregnant and then she has difficulty in the pregnancy and she asks God herself, God, why is this happening to me? What does that tell you? She was a spiritual woman, right? You see, God had all of these things planned out. There had been some closed doors, but now there happened to be some blessings and some opportunities of victory. What we've been talking today about is Thanksgiving. And as the musicians are coming, it's time for us to give thanks for the promises. For those of us who have a little more life experience, it's time for us to speak the promises to the next generation. Even for those of you who are younger, to declare in your own generation, God has been good to me. There's not a person in this room who cannot say God has been good to me. To give thanks for the promises. Secondly, we need, it's time for us to be thankful for God's path. God's path includes, includes open doors and closed doors. Prayers that seem like they're answered immediately and prayers that seem like we've been on a journey. It's God's path. And finally, it's time to be thankful for God's provision because let me tell you something. God never blows it when he provides for you but my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus.